Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Well, all righty, gang. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Here we go. We got a really, really good show for you today. Thanks for joining us. We're going to get going here in a few minutes, just getting things started up, getting ready to go. It is Friday, so that means we're bringing in a special guest. We have two phenomenal guests we're going to bring into the show today. We're going to let a few people get in here and get going. We started a couple of seconds earlier than we normally go. We go live at noon. We just wanted to make sure we got our audience all set and ready for the big show. Marley's right here behind me. He is super excited to talk to our special guest today. He is fired up. He got to see some really cool pictures that uh, our guests were showing us, and he is super excited. Marley's right behind me there, and today is... Uh, Pacific Sport Fishing Alliance Friday. Pacific Sport Fishing Alliance sponsors our show every Friday. And uh, they, if you want to go on a trip of a lifetime, you want to check out this, grab that QR code, bucket list stuff, going fishing with uh, Larry and the folks over at Pacific Sport Fishing Alliance. And uh, we're going to get going here in just a second. I want to Thank everybody for being a part of your saltwater guide. I cannot believe the growth right now. It's absolutely spectacular on Megaphone and Spotify and Apple Podcast, and Facebook and YouTube. It's just amazing how fast we're growing and quickly we're growing. And I think a lot of it has to do with our special guest. And then the other is our monkey Marley right here. Marley's in the show, ready to go. And we're going to get started right about... Now we're going to bring in our special guest, Captain Amy and Captain Bobby from uh, the East Coast. Guys, hey, welcome. Thanks for joining us today on our show. I'm so, so excited to talk to you, Amy and Bobby. It's very, very exciting. Do you want to be called Bobby or do you want to be called Robert? No, definitely not Robert. Call me okay. Bobby. I appreciate okay, well, you. We're, we're done talking to you. We don't. Nobody wants Good. to talk to you. We all want to talk to Amy. Let's be honest. I Thanks for play. having us on, Dave. Thanks for being here. I'm super excited, Amy. You have so many cool videos over on your Facebook and your Instagram. And why don't you tell everybody that's watching how you got involved in this whole fishing thing? And how did you end up doing this Outer Banks, getting the living bejesus beat out of you for a bluefin type of thing? Get what? into it for a minute. I originally grew up in Santa Cruz, California, and we spent our weekends going to the beach. Um, uh, my father, like most people, my father got me into fishing. We go camping all the time. I, you know, I started with rainbow trouts as a wee little thing. And so I always loved fishing and I did a lot of in inshore uh, freshwater fishing growing up most of my life. It wasn't till um, after I got out of the Marine Corps that I decided that I wanted to do more time in the ocean. So I actually went out and I became a scuba dive instructor just so I could get the experience. So I took a nine month course back in, um, well, I started in 2014 in La Jolla, California, where I got originally certified. But then in uh, 2016, I got certified as a PADI dive instructor here in North Carolina. 
So I spent most of my days diving, diving, diving. And then one day a coworker asked me if I wanted to go fishing. And I said, sure. And I thought we were just going to go out on her catamaran boat. And lo and behold, we, she took me out and I was training on her lady angler team for the big rock blue Marlin tournament and all those guys that were fishing. And so I went out on my buddy's boat, Mike Truesdale, um, mm-hmm. on the Christy K. And uh, we went out and we caught a bunch of fish. We had a great time, but I w- was really like, I like, I like this offshore fishing thing. So I just started going with Mike all the time and he liked my hustle. So, it, you know, it turned into a progression where first you're reeling in fish and then you learn how to clear lines and then you learn how to rig baits and then you learn how to tie some knots. And over time, um, I met Bobby about two, two and a half years now. So I've been doing the professional mating thing for about three years for, for the offshore fishing. But so between fishing and diving and my full-time job, it's been pretty, pretty busy, pretty busy life. So you were in the service. Thank you very much for your time. That's amazing. The You're Marine welcome. Corps. Wow. Thank you so Corps. much. I do a lot of stuff with war heroes on water and I, and I, my, I thank you very much for your service and your time. That's a huge commitment. Thank you very much. Now I know where you get your work ethic from. Yeah, I'm I'm a hard charger. Absolutely. That's gnarly. That is so gnarly. And now, Bobby, you've been in this fishing business for a little bit of time, right? Yes, sir. Well, I I mean, I think we all have the same beginning, at least most of us. Uh, I went fishing as a kid with my dad. You know, that's where it all starts. And, uh, for me, it was a little different, though. Born and raised in New York, which is great. Uh, being a kid from Queens, we very rarely got anywhere near salt water. We did a lot of fishing in ponds and lakes and things of that nature. But uh, at a certain point, uh, I moved out to Long Island, and we started fishing salt water. And I had a friend invite me offshore. Someone canceled, hey, you want to go for an overnight trip to the canyons? And I'm like, I have no idea what that is. But I'm in, you know, and uh, yeah, we did an overnight of 40 hours, 120 miles offshore, probably caught 30 yellow fins, long fin albacore, big eye tuners, first trip ever. And I fell in love. And literally from that minute on, it was like, how do I get a boat big enough that I could do this? And I bought a 32 footer and. It was unsuccessful. And then a year later, we got a 38. And then I was still running out of fuel, having to bring bladders. And and then we we just kept upgrading and upgrading, you know. So, But really what changed my life, uh, about a decade ago, maybe 12 years now, winter was coming to Long Island. And we always catch giant bluefin tuna for Christmas. That's when it passed through Long Island. And that year... Fisheries closed down bluefin on December 1. And we all had been keeping our boats in the water, waiting for Christmas bluefin. And I was angry, and I'm mumbling and stumbling on the dock. And a friend says, hey, they reopened bluefin in North Carolina on January 1st. Why don't you just bring your boats out? That's what we do. And I go, wait a minute. I can just go to North Carolina. It turned out to be cheaper to bring my boat to North Carolina than it was to winterize it. So I did that. And back then it was three bluefin per day. We went down there and I spent my whole winter catching massive bluefin tuna. And then every every winter since then, we've been there. You know, and at one point, 
I got somebody's attention on a TV show, Wicked Tuna Out of Banks. They were looking to add a boat. Of course, I'm like, I'm in. Let me in. And uh, and I got, you know, we went through a whole interview process and the boat and 200 different boats and background checks. And they picked me. He's got a yeah. boisterous personality, so he's a natural. <laughs> but they picked me and then everyone said I didn't belong there because I had run other businesses in my life. So I wasn't a commercial fisherman, so I didn't belong on a TV show, blah, blah, blah. So we went out season one that we were on, which was Wicked Tuna Out of Bank season six, and we beat everybody. So we won opening the season. And then it was, well, some of the older boats weren't there, blah, blah, blah. So last season... Season nine, yes, they did Tournament of Champions, only guys who had previously won. So now all the big dogs were there, and I beat them all again. So I, it's that's the way I operate, you know. <laughs> well, yeah, and you have a big booming personality. You make the show really fun. You make it really fun. I love when they talk to you, when they go to you. It's just like when I'm watching Wicked Tuna and they go to Paul. You got the same, same you got the same kind of attitude as Paul does. And you, 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 when I was watching you, I was like, hey, that's the Dave Hansen on, of the Outer Banks. Because <laughs> People, that, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. That big booming personality, you can't be missed. And you're, and you're loud. And so am I. I'm super loud. And it's hard to not see us. But you know what, Dave? It's real. People always come on our fishing charter and they said, we want to know if you're the same in person as you're on TV. And the same guy, same guy. He'll even throw yeah. a bucket at you if you want him to. Listen, I know because I do. I get angry with guys to screw it up. So I tell <laughs> customers, listen, when we're on the fish and I'm screaming at you, because I will be, please don't take it personal. It's because your family. <laughs> Right. I understand. Like when you're fish with me, I take every single fish personal. I, we, like you and Amy and I were talking earlier, we get up at oh dark 30 in the morning to make this day right. We get the ice, we get the boat ready, we get the bunker room ready, we get all the food ready. Then we go out there and we spend the whole day looking for that fish. And when we finally hook that fish, we have a personal connection to that fish. And we believe more than anything that that fish needs to be on our boat, right? Mm -hmm. You're invested. I'm invested yes. physically, financially, emotionally. I'm invested in that fish. And we're not yelling at you because we're mad at you. We're yelling at you because right. we want that fish on our boat. <laughs> yeah. Right. 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 So, hey, Susie asked a question here, you guys. Amy, hey. check that out. We see you, Susie. Susie, between, we love you. Between the two of you when fishing together, who has caught the biggest catch? Together? When we've been together. Well, it depends because one day we were offshore fishing for mahis and for some reason we were catching red drum off a of planer. And that yeah. day I caught bigger drums than you did. All right. So that's on the drum side. Now, wait a minute. Here's the problem. <laughs> we on this latest boat, we were driving from New Jersey to North Carolina and we were catching a little black fin. I asked her to put out a Wahoo spread and she did. And sure as heck. Don't she hook 117 inch blue marlin, right? On wire leader and a number six hook. It shouldn't have happened. I got I would make a good haywire twist. No fit, no fish, no chair on the boat, stand up 50, you know, 450 pound blue marlin. And uh so we most of the bigger fish we've caught together because we'll swap out 
right? We all, well, we always say the fish, the boat catches the fish because I mean, it takes the people to rig the bait. It takes the captain to drive the boat and put us on them. Um, takes the angler sometimes more than one. Right. But I, I would say I usually catch the biggest fish. <laughs> hey, Dave, yeah, you can appreciate this, but you can appreciate this. We had a situation this year. Amy had never really had the opportunity to kill a giant bluefin. And we caught one in our backyard. And we had been out there 12 days, finally got that one bite. And it was just the two of us on the boat. And I wanted it to end up with her on the rod so I could harpoon this fish. It was real big. It's 110-inch-plus fish, maybe seven, 800 pounds. It just happened to be I went to the rod, and the fish came up. You know when they just sometimes come up? And it come up right next to her. She had never even held a harpoon, never mind thrown a harpoon. And I'm like, stick them, you know? And I'm not going to say she slipped on up. She missed. I missed. She missed, and the fish went right under the boat. And by the time I got to the throttle to go forward, he cut himself off. It was slow motion and fast forward all at the same time. <laughs> and it was heartbreaking. 12 days, we had nothing. But well, it's, well, let me rewind. So this yeah. is what people don't understand. Because when Bobby goes to film Wicked Tuna, he leaves for two, three, three months, let's say. And I can't be on the boat. They're basically chartering the boat from him. Yeah. And he has to have the crew that they designate. And so... It, every winter it's see you later and then he takes off and he gets to go kill giants well i'm always like i'm dating captain robert earl of wicked tuna and i have never caught and a i've never fin. never caught a bluefin so you know they come to moorhead city in december so for the last three years we've had december to try and get one but it's hard it's hard it's it's, it's difficult fishing but the moral of that story is after that experience we went out to the Outer Banks and we killed a lot of them this year yeah, together. This year I got a lot. If you count all the shorts, I probably caught over 40, 50 bluefin. Yeah, way. yeah, in the last three months. But the funny part is we got a, a system. So, per se, Amy's on the rod, Amy's on the rod, whatever. When the leader comes up, we switch. She'll take the sticks. And I'll tell her, pump it forward, port forward, whatever. So I can hit the fish. You know what I mean? So oh, we yeah. just had to get that figured out. We got it now. We got it now. So let my viewers, a lot of us are on the West Coast. And when you're saying a short fish, the fish that we think are giants out here on the West Coast, right. you guys aren't even allowed to keep them. Right. Right. I mean. Explain. Explain. That. So for us, we're allowed current regulations when the season's open. One giant bluefin tuna over 73 inches. If it's under 73, you have to release them. Okay, hold on. How how much does a 73-inch fish weigh? Uh, I would say, it's listen. up to 200 pounds. Up to 200. Nah, no, I've, I've seen a 73-inch fish. Gutted's probably one. Probably 215, 220. <laughs> and we're, yeah. you got to throw that back. Now, our heads would explode out here on the West Coast. Dave, so we, we went out no. one day and we couldn't catch anything. It was during commercial. So that's just commercial. So we'll pause there. But we went out one day during commercial season. We got tripled up, doubled up, tripled up. There was only three of us on the boat. So we all had a rod. I mean, we were all reeling in 200 pound fish for hours. It took, it was, think, it was a lot of work, but we did not catch one over 73 inches that we could actually kill. And, and I take, believe, take to the scales. I believe oh. we went 15 for 16 on, non-giant bluefin 
So yeah, that's, but on the West Coast, those are giants. So that so yeah. that's commercial, but recreational fishing, you can catch one per, you can kill one per day, seventy three and under. Yeah, okay. so we run we run a charter business as a charter head boat. So based on that, you know that title, I'm either fishing commercially. I have a commercial endorsement. I'm either fishing commercially. I'm fishing recreationally, and the okay. first fish I appreciate. Real quick, Bobby, you just brought something up, and I just want to show everybody. If you want to go do this with Amy and Bobby, grab this QR code real quick. This is going to connect you straight to them. Hit it with your phone. Hit the QR code. Grab it with your yep. camera. Hit it with your phone. That'll take you straight to their website. You can or straight to their Facebook page, and you can go giant bluefin tuna fishing. Oh, yeah. Real giant. Well, well, Dave, we have people this year come from Canada, California. Uh, Michigan, uh, uh, Indiana, we people come. It's it's. I say it's an event. People pack up and go on a hunt, right? They go up to Canada to get us. Like it pack really, up, you come down for the weekend, and you know it really is a fish of a lifetime. I, I mean, mean, it's a three to four hour fish fight that you'll never. I forget. mean, you see that tail behind us? That's like that was from what? A hundred eight inch. Hundred eight inch, six hundred fifty five. Pounds dressed, seven fifty, eight hundred pounds. Talk about yeah. that one. I mean, this is a fish, you guys. Look at this. Yeah, that's a fish. Book your trip. We'll put you on one of those babies. It's a four and a half hour. Wear your big boy and big girl pants. Oh yeah, oh yeah. That's that's a four and a half five hour fish, and it's probably another hour to get him in the boat. Look yeah, at that, sure. gang. That, and he's not laying on the rail like the pictures on the West Coast here where the guy's kneeling oh, on no. the rail holding it up. Oh, no, no. That's you couldn't hold that up. The forklift could barely get it off the boat. That <laughs> fish right there on the backside, he's gill plate. All of his guts are out. He was still 847 pounds. So, Oh, my gosh. It's oh, 119 gosh. inches. You know, like it's a different – when they first surfaced, which probably takes, what, two hours? I mean, you don't see yeah. them for hours. But then finally, a lot of times, they'll come up in blackback and just look at you. I swear, they just put the eyeball, and they look at the boat and dump the whole reel in it. <laughs> and they say, first, not yet. Not the yet, first Amy. Not I, yet. I ever caught, I fished, I wanted to do it alone. So I was on the reel for three hours. Three and a half hours in seven foot seas. I was almost in tears. No, you were in tears. <laughs> I wanted to do it so you bad. You were in tears. I wanted to do it so bad, but physically, I didn't know if I could. But yeah, you should definitely come out. It's a great time. It's it's oh, it's yeah. a lifetime fish, it really. Is seven foot seas? Oh, we do that every day. <laughs> <laughs> so North Carolina, if you don't like the weather, wait five minutes. Listen, anyone who's who's actually seen us or followed on with Kid Tuna Outer Banks. I'm kind of famous for fishing any weather, uh, but that's not by choice. The reality is this: the season this year was what four weeks, five weeks? Yeah, it was short. The season's short five season. weeks. We have to make enough money for the whole winter and the transport of the boat, the docking, the insurance, everything. The commercial season. Commercial season in five weeks. So if seven, eight days in a row, there are still guys going out in high seas killing, and the quota is disappearing. So I go because go. I'm trying to pay the bills. You got to go. I mean, I don't want to sound yeah, like you Dave. Gotta go. I don't want to sound like Dave Marciano, but you got to feed the family at quota, a certain point. The quotas for the entire East Coast. 
So the guys <laughs> up north were still catching them. And I mean, the quota just shrinking away. So yeah, Bobby actually had me out this year in 15 foot seas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We Four, were, so 44, we, 44 foot boat. So we're 32 miles away from the Gulf Stream um, from the Outer Banks. And that what that is, the Gulf Stream comes up and the Labrador current comes up to the east coast of the Atlantic Ocean and it's always significantly hot water and depending what time of year the, the current comes closer to land but Outer Banks is the closest on the east coast to the Gulf Stream but that's always what 76 78 degree water. Yeah that Gulf Stream water is always 74 to 76 when I leave the dock the water is 46 or 45 degrees so no it'll, it'll be 50 yeah Dave it'll be 50 52 degrees 30 miles offshore. And then you look and you'll see smoke. And you're like, oh, there's the Gulf Stream where the cold air hits that hot water. And if the seas are four foot in the cold water, they're eight foot in the in the current. We call it in the tide because when those currents are moving, there's four to five knots of tide. In the cold water, there's one, one and a half. So you got that tide that runs north. And if you got the winds blowing the other way, it just it rips. Up. Yeah. yeah. It starts stacking up. Oh, yeah. That, that is really, really hard for me to comprehend because of the world I grew up in. And I know a lot of my viewers right now that are watching this, we just can't comprehend a 30-degree temperature change. Oh, yeah. Wait a minute. In, in a quarter of a mile. <laughs> But so everybody on the East Coast usually fishes near the Gulf Stream to go offshore because that's where you get your sailfishes and your mar yeah, I marlins. Mean, the and reality is that's where the bait is. That's where the hot water hits the cold. It keeps the bait. Plus, so we we fish temperature breaks, water temperature breaks. I believe you guys on the on the West Coast, the water gets deep fast, right? Yeah, we are fifty foot deep for twelve miles. Then we're wow. 80 foot deep for another eight. It just goes like the sand, just nothing flat. And then when you get to the Gulf Stream, it goes 300, 600, 4,000. Yeah. Okay. And it just falls off. off. So that's where you want to be. Yeah. All right. So the water you're talking is 54 degrees, and then you can catch this kind of fish if you get out there to the Gulf Stream. Yes. I'm sorry, Amy. Move over yeah, a little so bit. So we go out to the Gulf Stream, but right now this we're turning the corner into our uh, spring fishing season. So in the springtime, we're catching um, what you guys call Dorado. We call them dolphin out here on the East Coast, uh, mahi-mahi in Hawaii. But uh, this this particular fish, I every year they have the Big Rock Blue Marlin Tournament. And the opening day of the Big Rock is the KWLA, which is the Kelly Wagner Lady Angler Day Tournament. And... Kelly Wagner, she had she had cancer like most. I know everybody has somebody that has it, but it's a great cause because all the proceeds go to helping uh, cancer patients. So um, every year I love doing this because we I usually made on the boat for the Big Rock. But for this, I get to bring in my lady friends and we all actually we have some mates come do the work for us. And we get to go, we get to go turn some handles. I'm your mate. <laughs> but that was two years ago. And uh, I started off at, at first place winning for Biggest Dolphin, which would have brought a nice $66,000 check. But um, I got beat, unfortunately, the next day by one pound. They, they dropped another mahi on the deck. I, so we fished so much, I knew there were bigger mahi out there. 
but that one was pretty, I thought that was a pretty good one, but I, I knew it was possible that someone was going to bring a bigger one in. Hey, Dave, so, I got to interrupt on that one thing. I forgot about this. That fish was so big, though, for that year, and no one was close, right? That they put her on, you have to understand, Big Rock Tournament for us on the East Coast is the biggest Blue Marlin Tournament, period. I think they paid out four or five million. Yeah, 330 boats enter it. Um, it's five, six million prizes. It's $27,000 just to enter. Michael so Jordan money. is here. They're all here, you know? So it's a big deal. So when that fish was in, they invited Amy to go on Big Rock Television, which is streamed live to like everywhere. And I'm obviously on TV. I'm, I'm okay with it. She had never been. She was. They, they got the cameras on and she was good. It was great though. Cause I really, I like going out and supporting the cause. The girls get to go out and have a fun day. Um, I ended up taking second place. So it was, it was great. I had a really good time. I love doing it. I mean, second place is first place for losers. So every year. I got Bobby, quick kick in the table. Correct. Quick, quick yeah. kick in the table. Sorry. Tapping his foot. <laughs> Yeah, I, know, so I do was, it all the time. Was, My wife tells me, "Stop banging on the table." <laughs> that was that was our first ever time with the Big Rock in the KWLA. So to just be able to weigh a fish. That was your rock. first. Yeah, that time. was my first time. So we had to back my boat into Big Rock. I have a friend last year. I, won't, I mean, his he he's been a kid in this neighborhood for his whole life. And he caught a blue marlin. It was 400-something pounds. Yeah. It really needs to be 500 to classify to win money. But he backed that boat in and he weighed that fish, even though it wasn't going to win nothing. Just, and I asked him, I said, you knew you didn't win. But he goes, I've been waiting my whole life to back my boat into the Big Rock land. And he goes, if it was one pound enough to weigh it, we're weighing it. And I thought, I understand. Yeah. Right. So it's such an honor just to get to weigh a fish at the Big Rock. So. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, we have the same thing down here. The Bisbee's the largest money jackpot tournament in the world. If you get yeah. to weigh a fish there, there's a, a lot of people watching. It's a big yeah. deal. It's a big, big deal. It's it's a lot. It's pretty free. It's fun to fish tournaments. And then, Amy, you got to, you were first place. I was first place for 24 hours. Okay, no, that's I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it. There's not a lot of people I, that can say that. I had so much fun, so. She still got the whole now, big check, though. But then I got a challenge because now I want to go back every year and try to get first again. So. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Now, when you guys are out there, when you were catching that Dorado, what's the water temperature at the dock at that time of year? Is it is it freezing? Uh, well, it's it's really weird. It's really weird. We probably leave the, the, the dock at 78 degrees. Oh, okay. then, but the water then, here gets really No, no, but then summer. as you go offshore, it gets cold again. You'll drop down to 68, 70. And then when you get in the Gulf Stream, it'll be 78. You know, okay. 78. Yeah, it's hot. All yeah. right. The water on now, the east is really But once again, in the summer, we're not looking for that temp break here as much as we're looking for the water color. You're being green, sloppy, ugly water. Boom, and then clears up blue. We know we're in the right water. Well, you guys on the in the Pacific Ocean, you have the seaweed that comes up and forms patties. So a lot right. of the free divers will go under these patties and shoot fish. On the in the Atlantic Ocean, we have sargassum weed that will 
pile up depending on the wind and it'll be like a mile long and 60 feet across so sometimes you just go fishing from sargassum patch to the other because that's that's a little colony of uh flying fish and then it brings yeah. in the mahi mahi um, all, the all, the all the sailfish yeah so the same type of thing that hangs out on the kelp patties here they, they same hang thing. Out correct so now when you're fishing that bluefin back there, are you guys fishing on the anchor like we see on Wicked Tuna? Are you guys fishing trolling? What are no, you doing, Bobby? No, so it's completely different. They fish on the anchor in tank tops and flip-flops. That's what I would say. When you fish the outer banks, we're fishing with 14 layers of clothes. We're probably wet and cold. Yeah. And we're on the troll for about from probably 4 a.m. to 6 p.m. If we're not lucky enough to catch a fish, we would drift. You can't anchor. You're in 5,000 foot of water. There is no anchoring in 5,000 foot of water. So, and here's the problem. It's five knots of tide. So, if you're not paying attention, two, three hours, you're about 15 miles away from where you should be. So, I all night drive around. You look for the fish on the fish finder. You try to get south of them and drift the bait past them. Pick them up and then try to find so them in the, again. in the daytime, we troll, but nighttime, you uh, use bait. Drift. You drift bait. Drift bait. Dead bait, stick bait like a mackerel. Mackerel pokies. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we – something really weird happened out here on the West Coast this last season. They kind of broke the code on this trolling for bluefin thing. And I don't know if you saw what was going on, but we were trolling – these lures called a Mad Max. They almost look like a Marauder you use for Wahoo. Yes. And they were trolling those things at 14 knots. Whoa. Yeah. 14 knots and they were kept. If you saw the bluefin and you trolled through it at 14 knots, you got bit. It happened all day. It wasn't a once thing. It was all right. day, every day. Guys were wailing on them. I don't know if that would. That's uh, actually pretty so, incredible. So, we'll, we'll high speed troll for Wahoo, but. My friend Mark tried that this year here. Remember what happened? Mm -mm. He, the big stainless steel one was $300. Uh, and he snapped two hooks, exploded one, and lost three because they're not made for eight, 900 pounders. That was the problem. So he's had, he wants to have one made out of stainless with okay. you know the split rings that hold the hook just couldn't hold the giant. You oh, know, 200 yeah. pound fish. But, but to, that, to that point, We've been trolling them out of Long Island for 30 years. The old CD30 striper plugs, Yozuri's right. for big eye tuna on Long Island. That was our number one pink and white candy apple. You know, that would work. But fish over 300 pounds tend to destroy that thing. Is that because of like the crotch breaks? You know, that, that force of when they bite? Well, it's got the double treble hooks or some tournaments make you swap out the single hooks. And, but that little rod that inside the plastic Marauder, it, it explodes. <laughs> well, yeah, when you hit it with an 800 pound fish at 14 knots, it would be one of the, it would be fun to film it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah it would. But if they, listen, if they can make them stronger, and I'm sure they can, I can't yeah, imagine that work. That would work every day. It would work every day. Susie has another question for you guys. How's the sargassum there in North Carolina as here in Key West kind of stinks in places? Mm. No. Well, I wouldn't say it really stinks here, but 
No, we no. See, the problem we have with the sargasm, depending on the tide and the wind, it'll stack up like a yellow brick road, and we can troll alongside well, it. Well, this is one for the West Coast. Since you guys <coughs> do have seaweed, you have that beautiful ocean breeze that smell all the time. You could be standing right here on the East Coast, and you can't smell the ocean at all. Every once in a while, the wind will shift, and we'll get a bay breeze, and I can actually smell the ocean, and it's, like, amazing because it's rare. Okay. Yeah, but that so the sargassum weed really doesn't smell. Key like West, though, Key West, their water is much hotter, right? Yeah, I would imagine the water in Key West is so much hotter, yeah. you know. But our our sargassum is always on the move. I'm not too sure. We stopped in Key West. We bought my last boat, Amy and I, and we didn't fish it, right? We didn't no. fish Key West, so I don't really have any history there. So, so if I was to charter, let's just say I'm watching this show and I'm all excited and I'm going to charter the boat and I want to come out there and I want to catch one of those big bluefin. What are we going to do? What do we look forward to? What What's going to happen? I show up, Amy and you, and we're going to go. Well, first of all, you're going to make sure it happens between the end of January and uh, middle of March. And it's so slipping it's, freezing. It's, well, well, it's North Carolina. It's air temperature anywhere from 38 to 70. We got into the 20s, honey. Well, I got into the 20s. You're going to bring a couple jackets but, but, and a beanie and several pairs of socks. Right, right. We have uh, coffee on a bowl, hot chocolate, hot soup. Uh, and <laughs> we're going to take about three and a half hours to get to the fishing grounds. Okay. And most people either uh, sleep, some puke, but sleep. And uh, no, no, <laughs> but it's you want them to come join us on these. <laughs> no, no, but it's fun. You go, fun. you go to sleep, and bring you your friends and your family. Well, I would tell you what, on. you know what, Dave, I, if I can interject, we uh, we probably had bar none the best charter ever this year because we had a fan of the show that came and went mahi fishing with us with his family. There he is. Jimmy, Jim we I'm just telling the story, Jim. Jim Sheepbest come out to my boat with three generations. He had his dad, kids. We had three generations. And uh, Jimmy was on the boat, and we, uh, we got him as giant. Yeah, we got him a giant. We so got he, him as giant. And his father looked me in the eyes and held my hand and said, it's the best fishing trip I've ever had. He's probably mid-80s, got to be. Biggest fish you ever caught. And I took those four people out in four-foot seas. They did all right. So, really, you just jump on the boat, and you don't do anything until you start hearing the rod scream. And then you jump on the, the reel, and you, and you start reeling. Everything else we do. Yeah, so, yeah. And then you follow directions. And then you get yelled at by Bobby. Yeah, you follow directions. <laughs> Stop looking at the reel. Look at the rod tip. Watch the rod tip. <laughs> so, Jay's got a thing. This is probably something you guys can relate to. In one minute, it's flat calm. The next minute, it's yeah. 15 to 20 foot. Yeah. yeah, it's unreal. It's a lot of truth to that. Well, the last charter we went out, and we started with rain, and it was maybe three feet. And yeah. then two hours later, we had rainbows, and it was flat calm seas. An hour later, we were in a squall, and it was it I was mean, we were in a squall. They put this where we were trying to get home, and I had to make, I had to make Northwest. And I couldn't make eight knots. I want to flip that boat. I mean, we had to just eight knot it, head sea. Oh, yeah. Look, only oh, for 49 God. miles, though. The weather, I mean, we now every day is like that. No, but, uh, no, no, no. The, the weather can be temperate here. 
Yeah, it's hard. I mean, you know what? They never show this, and 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 you probably have a world of experience, but you do it different on West Coast. On the East Coast, specifically out of Oregon Inlet, Moorhead, in North Carolina, most of the time the captain is spent 15 hours before the charter on weather apps. Weather apps. Checking out this. When's the tide? Blah, blah, because you're trying to figure out, can I safely get my crowd offshore over a sandbar, you know, and get back safely? And then you have to factor in it's going to be a foot or two or three bigger in the hot water. So, but then we factor in like if there's going to be small children on the boat or right, right. Um, elderly people too. I mean, we don't want you to go out and have a horrible time. So yeah. if you did book a charter with us, especially if you're coming from the West Coast, we always recommend that you yes. book two or three days just in case, so we can sneak you in a better weather day. Okay. So, okay. We're not necessarily going. We're not charging you for three days, but like I would tell people, coming on Thursday expecting to leave Sunday and the odds are we'll get you fishing on okay. the, one of the best days of the three. Yeah, there. man, Just- we're going to fish them all, but the one that's flat calm will take you off. Now, do you guys catch these on the charters or is this something else? So we Look catch those. those. We get the Wahoos primarily. Oh, yeah. We get Wahoos all year long, but they're primarily uh, our fall fish. Um, A little bit now in the spring. They're here all year long, but we primarily get them in the fall. But this particular trip, um, when Bobby and I aren't fishing for work, we go fishing for fun, just the two of us. So this particular trip, Leah, we took a 36-hour ride. Yeah. Well, you know what? Let's just clarify that. We're never fishing for fun. We were we were fishing to pay for at least a fuel. That's- yeah. Okay. Fuel. She was fishing for fun. I'm like, we got to kill enough Wahoo to pay for the fuel we're wasting on this trip or we shouldn't go because that's all I could ever think about is cost of fuel. So on this trip, we, it was probably almost 40 hours. We took the boat up to Hatteras. We, we, uh, we got about four. We got four in the late afternoon. Nice ones. There's a nice Wahoo uh, plucked away to Mahi or two and a blackfin tuna. And I knew those Wahoo, when the bite shut off at sunset, I knew they'd be there in the morning. So we dropped anchor and waited. And sure as, uh, as anything, in the morning, we got on them. We got on them good. So as, when your guys are anchored up, this is kind of what's coming up under the boat while you're anchored? Correct. This funny story. This was the year before, but same trip, Wahoo trip. Tell what happened. <laughs> so this time we decided to spend the night out in the ocean. Yeah. We uh we anchored up and turned all the underwater lights on just to. And you went to shower, out. remember? I think so. Amy gonna... went into shower. We're gonna have dinner. It's dark out, and I saw there was bait fish in in the in the underwater lights. So I start rigging, glowing the dark sabiki rigs for squid, thinking maybe we'll get one or two for bait. I think you actually had squid jigs, which I didn't I, know what yeah. a squid jig was. Yeah, until I had to go on a dog sabiki squid jigs like five in a row. And uh, every time I put it down, jig twice, it filled up with five squid. And this went on all night. And then I got bit, that jig, got, the rig got bit off. I run into some Spanish yeah, mackerel. We, Something bit my rig off. We caught like 15 squids that day. But the funniest part is a lot of people don't know about Bobby, but after high school, he worked in a fish cleaning market. So Bobby knew how to clean these squids. And, and there's a lot of work to it. It takes special skill with a backbone and the ink. But I have a video of Bobby cleaning squid on my Instagram page at AB4C. 
anybody wants to, Bobby, cleaning some squid. AP4CSEA. No, no, listen. On the West Coast, we catch giant squid. How big? Big big thing. They weigh like 30 pounds, 25, 30 a piece. And it's a a big deal. And there's a city ordinance in Newport and Dana Point that you cannot bring them in whole. You have to get them clean. And an average night when these things are biting, we'll catch four or five hundred. How do you guys catch them? With the squid jig. With the squid jig. With is that edible? Jig. Oh, they're phenomenal. They're the meat on them is like that thick. It's wow. Why do you all just like square them out and do them on a grill, maybe? Yeah, well, you gotta it's like an abalone. I don't know if you ever had abalone, but you gotta pound it out. You gotta yeah. pound it. First, you got it's got squid. Uh, skin membranes on the inside and the outside that you have to get yeah. off. It's just like filleting a fish. It's not like scraping the the skin off of those little ones. Right. It's a big, giant ordeal. And we make oh, a really? phenomenal amount of money when those things come in because you're not allowed to bring them in whole. So the deckhands are cleaning those things all night. We'll the whole usually, time. When, I run the, when I was running the boats back in the day, we'd go out and fish for, Go out to the canyon, run the sonar around, find the school of squid, turn on the deck lights. They would attack the boat. You'd have 50 or 60 people on the boat. They would catch three or 400 of them in an hour. Wow. Yeah. Then you come back to the harbor. You can't clean them in the harbor. So you drop the anchor at the mouth of the harbor. As the captain, I go to sleep. I wake yeah. up in four or five hours later when they're done filleting them all. And, yeah. Oh, it's incredible. But yeah, I know and then your, your your boat is, is all about. And then your boat's black. <laughs> yeah, the boat fight. People are having squirt every fight. big squirt gun fights. Hold on yeah. one second. I just want to talk about something real quick. Gang, those of you that are watching and you have any questions for Amy or Bobby, you can send it in on the chat. We'll pull it up here on the screen for the next 15 or 20 minutes. We'll answer some questions for you real quick. I want to show some people something real quick here. Okay, Pacific Sport Fishing Alliance. This is my good buddy, Larry Hansen. He has this phenomenal trip coming up on the uh, success. It's a chance to go fishing in in uh, April on a three and a half day trip, gang. Everything included, meals, bait, your permits, no fuel charge. You got to have your passport. There's an opportunity to catch bluefin, albacore, yellowtail, dorado. This is going to be a trip of a lifetime. Limited load, 10 passengers, 65-foot boat. You got to give Larry a call, 760-331-8650. And also, gang, check out Larry's company. It's incredible. Trip of a lifetime. Hit that QR code. Bucket list trips to Alaska. Bucket list trips down here to the Baja. Fishing Lopez Mateo, where you see all my videos coming out of the bay. Lopez Mateo. Catching all kinds of spectacular fish, wahoo, snook, dorado, and then up in Alaska, catching big giant halibut. You want to check out Pacific Sport Fishing Alliance. Give Larry a call. Hit that QR code with your phone. Trip of a lifetime. You won't be disappointed. Check it out and get on this trip with the success. Ten people. It's going to sell out quick, gang. So make sure you get on that as quick as you can. And uh Thanks for taking a second out of our busy day here to look at that. And let's get that. All right. So let's see. We got a. We got a. Is this you guys? 
Is that you guys? That's us. Look at that Wahoo gang. Check That's that out. We got Look, that looks like a nice day. We don't have to have our down jackets on and our no, 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 so that's, that's the season where no, that was spring in Outer Banks. Was really? it? Yes, that is that's the season we're gonna go into right about now. The Wahoo, uh, in the fall, you consistently catch them, but all throughout the year, you'll pluck one or two off here or there. But yeah, we were in the Outer Banks. I remember that day. That was when we were like in the aquarium. Manta rays were doing backflips out of the water, dolphins yeah. were always out, uh, whales. Oh pilot, yeah, pilot whales. Pilot whales. We, that was a turtles, I think too. Turtles, we had, we that had was a, a beautiful day. day. That yeah. was a beautiful day. We caught a bunch of yellowfin that day, also. So you don't have <laughs> to get all the way out to the Gulf Stream to do that. That's close. No, you do, but it's only thirty miles out. I mean, thirty okay. miles. Thirty miles to us is nothing. To y'all, it's a long trip. But I'll be honest with you, and I always say we almost always run a plane of rod. And that's where you get your wahoo yeah, down so It's funny because the most of the guys that do the kingfish tournaments catch 100-pound wahoos inshore. So, yeah, we'll run a planer um, in 80 foot of water just yeah. while we're on our way out. Or even high-speed trolling for wahoos on the way out and help, help to snag one. What's that? Susie, that? Susie, I just want to respond to Susie. And Susie, you know we love you. But that was Reed. Reed Meredith on the Kahuna, brought a dog on, and they named the dog D-O-G, dog, because Hot Tuna had the Rottweilers, and uh, Rasta Rockets had Minnie, so everyone was, it was cool to have dogs. Now, where's our dog? Yeah. We got a little Pomeranian officials with us, but it was funny, in the Outer Banks, everyone had dogs, and we know how the weather is, so uh, Reed Meredith went out and got a dog. I never until this year had a dog on my boat. And now we have the little one that comes almost every trip. So I understand Kelly and I've never had a pet ever. We didn't, we didn't believe in pets. We didn't understand it. We would go to people's houses and go, well, they got these dogs. They got these cats. There's hair everywhere. There's poo everywhere. We have two rescued cats and a monkey now. So nobody's house stinks as much as ours. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'll tell yeah. you, little Marley, he makes a big mess for a little tiny animal. Yeah. Yeah, it's but you amazing. wouldn't give him away, would you? No, no, no. And and we're leaving for Hawaii tomorrow afternoon for 10 days. And Kelly is super stressed out about leaving all the animals. I mean, she's oh, like, yeah. wakes up in the morning, goes, I don't know if I can go to Hawaii because we're leaving our animals. Gang, one more time, I just want Bobby and Amy to talk about your charter business. Guys, go to the web, hit that QR code, go check out their stuff, and uh, talk about your charter business one more time here real quick. Well, well you know what? I'll just go through seasons. For, for us, January 1, probably December 1st through March, beginning of April. It's all about bluefin tuna, and we will catch on those charters. Some bycatch, big eye tuna, uh, yellowfin tuna, some wahoo, blackfin, blackfin. But it's we're not targeting that. We're targeting giant bluefin tuna for about three and a half, four yep. months. So then, from April to September, from, from April, it's a weird fishery. April to August, September. April to September, we'll call it meat fish with some billfish mixed in. So, what does that mean? It's gonna be wahoo. It's gonna be uh, mahi. It's going to be blackfin. Uh, blackfin tuna, sometimes yellowfin tuna, a sailfish mixed in, 
with some Marlin. blues that have blue marlins. I haven't seen many whites well, lately. white marlin out here. But there are some white marlins. So we'll Kings. go. Yeah, and, and you'll catch kings, the nice big king mackerel. But that's almost April Arizona. all the way to September. And then once September rolls in, September, October, November, it's all about, for the me, wahoo. wahoo fishing, man. Wahoo. Real cool, good wahoo fishing. Nice big. 40, 50-pound wahoo, light tackle, absolute blast, you know. Now, you were, when we first started the show, Amy mentioned the longfin tuna, the albacore. You guys catch albacore back there? So, in North Carolina, we have false albacore, and that's not really fish. It's not really a tuna. It's disgusting, in my opinion, but that's an opinion. Uh, Bonito, you mean Bonito and Bonita? No. Up north, when, when I come from Long Island, we actually get longfin albacore, which is what comes in a can of tuna. Right. Uh, but we haven't seen them, I don't think, south of Jersey or Delaware. So probably not here. Uh, I, it's my favorite tuna to eat. But we, oh, get, we get Bonito and Bonita, and one of them you can eat, and one of them you can't. Yeah. But we like to save the false albacore for doing shark research trips because the great the sharks love to eat that false albacore. So when people come on our boat, we happen to catch a false albacore. <laughs> we great. ask them if they'd want to donate it for shark research. Susie, I'm going to send you his phone number. Can we get off the... <laughs> <laughs> right, I thought Amy would like that question. Thanks, no, that, thanks that, Susie. That would be great. Listen, reality. The re, the reality is this: we can charter fish year round. Charter fish in the summer and the spring. The spring to me now, April, May, June, is usually much better weather, and it's it's what I call fun fishing. You know, when you got them mahis, right? You got them. And you never know what's going on. Well, we have we this. run we run all your technos reels, um, yeah. really easy custom rods. We got top of the line gear all on the boat. Um, Dave, without without getting into a list of sponsors, but guys who have been really good to me, uh, real easy custom rods, Winthrop tackle, uh, Alu technos rods and re, uh, uh, reels, Stid gave me some chairs, Lumatech lights. These guys have all. When you fish on my boat, okay, the boat's old. The tackle and the gear is state-of-the-art, brand new. It's the Ferrari in fishing equipment on our boat, but for the grace of God, yeah. I mean, really. And so so right now we have a 44-foot tow pass, but the reason why we settled for a boat that short is because it has a 17-foot beam. So she's real big at the hips. Uh, yeah. Solid fiberglass. She's a battle wagon. She's a she's a fish raising beast too. We've caught so much more fish in this oh, yeah. boat than the Hatteras. So, I mean, you got to tune your props. You know, the reality is, so we also, we're running with a Faruna side scan, which was the first generation Omni, the old sonar, but it still works fantastic. So, uh, and the boat's comfortable. It's solid fiberglass. So, you're gonna, you know, it's a good trip. It's a good riding boat. Okay. Sweet. And then how many people can you take when you, when somebody's going to charter your boat? Six, four? Six. 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 So, you're six. six. I just... I just upgraded to master captain, 100 ton, whatever that means. So it's not like I'm a six-pack captain, but it, my, my, my boat is not Coast Guard inspected. So, so based on that, six it's, it's six six people maximum. Yeah, you wouldn't want more than that anyway. be probably better yeah. with four. Yeah, the best, the best trips have been. Husband and wife. Well, Husband and wife trips are good. 
Right. I can't say that's the best trip. Well, we had some good just husband and wife battling it out for biggest fish. Yeah. Then you know what? No, no. We had a guy come on. He was, uh, I think, on leave for the military with his two kids. Those are perfect charters. You know what I mean? You get, you know, get some kids on board. We, Amy, like, she's rigging valley who's teaching the kids. Well, like to, yeah, people want to learn how to fish. I like to show them. I mean, it's it's progression. I have some girlfriends that charters with us sometimes, and so I'll be like, you want to try to rig this ballyhoo, and let's throw it out and see yeah. if it gets bit. But I, you know, I want to teach people how to do this, especially the children. So, when you guys were, Bobby, when you were involved in. Wicked Tuna, and hopefully you'll be back in there again because you're a great person to have on the show. You draw a lot, big audience. You got a great personality. But when you were on involved in the show the last couple of years, what were some of the highlights, real quick? Because we're running out of time. But there's all right. I'd love to know what was your what was the coolest part about being on a TV show catching giant bluefin? You know what? I, t I had to. I had to make sure I do that politically correctly. Uh, highlights. Uh, season seven. I almost choked pinwheel unconscious. I mean, that's a highlight of my career. That's everyone. Everyone at some point wants to choke Tyler almost unconscious. So that was one that made. The, they cut out most of it, but they made the real. Uh, you know what? The fact that I was on the show four seasons and won two of them—that's a highlight to me. Oh my gosh! Yes. The reality is a lot of guys out there with, with, who are the best of the best. I mean, you take fishing frenzy. He's that's his backyard. I mean, he's been fishing there 30 years. He does 220 trips a year. I show up every winter to be able to beat that guy in his own backyard. This last season to beat fishing frenzy to me, highlight of my career. I don't ever have to fish competitively again. I already, <laughs> I've been to the mountaintop, right? Nice. Down, down goes the frenzy, but no, Really getting to meet some of these guys. So, for example, you mentioned Paul Hebert was on, on your, your – I think you did a podcast with him. Yes, Paul, he was on the show. Paul, Paul, Dave Carrera, Dave Marciano, they've all become good friends of mine. Uh, you know, dot .com, Dave.com's getting married. We're going to a wedding probably about three weeks. Like, to see these people not on the show, to find out who they really are, and not everyone's a good guy. That would be lying. I'd be disingenuous. But there are some really good guys, really good people uh, who fish hard, who work hard, who are good Good to the, you know what? When you look at a guy like Marciano, Paul, or, or Dave, even Frenzy, they stop for fans, take pictures, signs. Like, they're just good people. Last, last weekend, we went down to South Carolina to hunt for Megalodon teeth, and we went to a restaurant. Oh, I have a, I have one here. That's Amy's oh, thing. Look at that. Megalodon teeth. <coughs> uh, Where did you get that at? So this one I got in um, 110 feet of water, about 60 miles off our coast. We have fossil beds here. This is a Megalodon tooth. About six. This one's about six and a quarter inches. It's big. It's heavy. She went diving yesterday. Got a little. One. I got, but you know they're not always that big. I got. I'm That's still a big tooth. I'm still too. cleaning this one off. But uh, we went. We went down last week to Charleston, South Carolina. And we went to a restaurant, but everybody was coming up wanting to take pictures with Bobby. Yeah, you not know, here. No, here, here at first. <laughs> we live in a small town. People are getting used to him. But it used to be, <laughs> someone would pop their head around the corner at the grocery store and be like, "I know that voice." 
how I know you. And then they put two and two together. But, you know, people always recognize him wherever he goes from the show. So that's got to be yeah. a highlight. You know what, Dave? When I go home to New York, no one recognizes me. I'm a nobody. I'm like, ready. You go to New York City, you can set yourself on fire. No one notices you. But, you know, we go to a fishing community somewhere along the coast, having people come up and say, hey, we really appreciate you on TV. It's great. I mean, you, you can't. You know, I get a lot of respect. That show, that show has done a lot for me, for my charter business, and uh, all people. And no one gets enough credit. The guys who run that show, the producers, the back, the guys you don't see. I put a cameraman on my boat every year and almost kill him. Like he'd be better off enlisting in the Marine Corps than to do twelve weeks on my boat in the out of bounds. No, no, it's gone awful, ridiculous, and. You know, it's eight foot season. I'm yelling, screaming, and they're running up the ladder, and they get no play. No one knows who the cameraman is. Nobody knows. But the guy who got the short straw and got stuck on my boat every year deserves a promotion. Most of them quit. The first two quit. Well, <laughs> I guess that's the third one about quit. Me. Three of them quit. So I, you know, they just quit on me because it's tough. It's you tough. Know? You know, I've had. I mean, Flack. I mean, I had some good ones. But like I say, uh, that's Pilgrim Media. They do just a fantastic job, in my opinion. So the editing's incredible, right? The the amount. Yeah, of they editing. pay. Listen, they pay for a boat to follow us around, so they can film from off our boat. They hire helicopters, they're running drones. It's a it's a top class operation. Uh, like I said, it's a gift that I had that opportunity. You know. Hey, there you go. Say hello. What's Hi. up, Jerry? That's Amy's brother Hello, right there. What's up, Jared? Oh, that's Thanks great. for watching, Jared. Yeah, all my all my family's in California. Yeah. So so it's good. Like I said, hey, we, we don't just fish. Amy dives. I mean, that's the other thing. Uh, I have my son running my butt my bed bunk business in New York. So I'm running off to New York to help kill bed bumps. I'm driving back to North Carolina to meet her to do a charter. And then she works for a real job on, on Osprey helicopters. Like there's so many layers to this onion. You couldn't peel it back in five hours. What's right. up, Doug? <laughs> I thought you'd give a kick out of that. Doug's good people. Hey, Doug's an author. He's going to write my biography one day. Yep. He has some published books, but yep. Doug, we'll be back next weekend. Next weekend. We'll be back in Beaufort, North Carolina. Yeah. Which would be good. So like I said, Dave, we got a lot of, a lot of different, levels to us because I didn't, I wasn't quote unquote third generation fisherman. I was a stockbroker on wall street. I was, I ran a business, a bed bug business. I've worked in restaurants and now, you know, I do this full time. Amy has a real job. She's a dive instructor. She mates. I mean, she's also a captain. I mean, we have so many levels of, of our lives and fishing is just something that, you know, we met, funny story, if you haven't met. Yeah, we got all the time in the because world. Because two years, three years, three and a half years ago, two and a half years ago. Two and a half. I was, two and a half years ago, I was running my boat from Long Island to the Outer Banks, and it blew up. And that's, it's a, it's a pretty well-known story. And, uh, and we lost everything financially. I mean, we, we got crushed. I mean, two, three, four hundred thousand dollars $400,000. And we got crushed. But the insurance paid me just enough money to go get another boat. And I had like four weeks to start filming with Katuna. So I was down here in Moorhead 
North Carolina looking for a boat. So I met Amy. And then I left. And I went to Florida. I looked at 12 other boats. And somehow, when I made it back to North Carolina, we went out again. And then like two weeks later, I said, hey, I'm buying that boat up on the west coast of Florida. We're going to run up to North Carolina. You want to take a ride? Take us about seven, eight days. And there you go. What's up, Rusty? And they thought, they thought, Amy thought that we're going to get on a boat in Destin, Florida, which is the Panhandle. And I said, we're going to go to the dry Tortugas and fish out by Cuba. And so she was expecting, she probably brought 20 outfits. She ready to dock at a fancy marina every night. I did. I thought we were going to pull into port every night, get to go try a new restaurant. So, no, 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 no. Places. I, I trolled all the way to Cuba. We trolled all the way to Cuba. We fished. We handed her a bunch of uh, yellow t- yellows, yellowtail, yellowtail and grouper. Said, can you make us dinner? And she had no breadcrumbs. What'd you do? She smashed up pretzels. She's making us group of fried with pretzels. <laughs> and then, like, we pulled into Key West one night, which was beautiful, but way too expensive. So we had to leave. And I don't think we ever pulled in again, did we? No, we stopped two times in 10 days. I was on that boat for four days at a time. And, and we never stopped. We just, I said, I got to get home. We just kept going. Eight, nine knots all night. Remember that? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that was her introduction to hey, let's take a 10-day trip on Bobby's new boat. And she thought, <laughs> yeah. Well, of course, you know, you buy a boat, you think you get it checked out enough, but then you go on a 10-day journey home. But, of, of course, we had some fuel. We had a lot of issues. Fuel algae issues, and, you know, we're out in the middle of the ocean, broken down for a minute. And then, obviously, 10-foot seas don't stop me. So I'm wondering why Amy, who ran downstairs to grab something to eat, never come back upstairs. So while I go downstairs, I see my partner Drew holding the refrigerator up. All the everything, all the cabinet doors had fallen off. I blew the doors off of that boat, remember? and they're trying to put the refrigerator back in the wall. Drew, Drew is like MacGyver, though he's great to have on the boat. And I, we probably known each other two and a half, three weeks at that time, yeah. and uh, and she's still here. So either she and needs, I made it through. She needs help into the season on the Outer Banks. Yeah, yeah, she did, and she didn't tap out. So. Crazy guys, how cool is that? What a great deal! So, Amy, real quick, we've been going for an hour now, and I promised you guys I'd get you on your way in an hour. So, give everybody your Instagram, your Facebook, so they can follow yeah. you, and then Bobby will run back over yours real quick after Amy's yep, done. Yep. So, my Instagram is AP4, the number four, S E A, so Alpha Papa 4 Sierra Echo Alpha for any of my military people but uh facebook and instagram they're all the same uh i'm i pretty much take all our our films and footages and the gopro shots and i i film our epic adventures and make reels so <coughs> check out my instagram page uh, there's all kinds of ocean wildlife um, yeah, diving exciting stuff too. diving stuff exciting fishing trips megalodon teeth um yeah, but so, so so ap4c and i am the first mate on at really bugging sport fishing right so i'll say my Facebook Facebook is under Robert Earl. I'm almost maxed out. I'm trying to make a professional account. I'm fighting with Facebook. So that being said, just follow us right there. That you you uh, are code. Uh, really bugging sport fish charters is the Facebook page. Really bugging sport fish charters or on Instagram. Really bugging, and you can from there everything's connected. So I got a link tree and everything on there. So that's come, good. come find us. Say hi. 
Perfect. Thank you guys so much. And also, gang, anybody that's new to this and anybody, check out my app. You can download my app right now. Hit that QR code. You can get my app. All the shows go right on the app right after we're done. They're all, uh, you'll go see all the different shows. You can go, you can watch Bobby and Amy anytime you want. You can also check out all the other guests we've had. And I do a live show every day, Monday through Friday, Pacific 12 o'clock Pacific Standard Time. I'm the only live podcast in America, sit five days a week. So check me out, your saltwater guide. I'm all over the place. Amy, Bobby, thank you so much. What a great show. This was incredible. We had a lot of people watching all the time. It never, our audience never dropped off. And it's because of you guys and your great personalities. And I thank you very, very much for being on the show. Thank you so much, Captain Dave, for having us on here. Captain, keep getting them. Enjoy your trip to Hawaii. I will. Thank you, guys. All right, we're going to get out. See ya. Bye. Take care, everybody.